Now, seeing this trash up here reminds me of moving up to Dallas-Fort Worth 27 years ago to kick off fellowship. Lisa and I drove up, I like to say, with one car, one kid, one dog. We were in a rent house and we started this church with 30 families. We had no idea it would turn into what it's turned into, but what an amazing journey. Anyway, when we moved from our rent house to, to this new house, we rented, of course, the ubiquitous U-Haul trailer. We were excited about that. And so we were packing all this stuff in the U-Haul, throwing all this stuff in the U-Haul. And there were like, I guess five or six bags, trash bags full of clothes, I thought, left in our garage. We had some people to help us move. I was the last one there, sweating profusely. So I'm looking at these clothes, I'm just tossing them. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of angry, you know, when you get tired, like, uh, like that. I'm just tossing them in the U-Haul, you know? And I'm tossing them, tossing them, tossing them. I failed to, to remember that one of the trash bags was full of a week of trash. And we had had this massive chicken dinner the night before, feeding the people, helping us, et cetera. So I threw all of this in the back of the U-Haul, locked it up, drove the U-Haul to beautiful Irving, Texas. We were living in a little uh, neighborhood at the time, Hackberry Creek, drove up, to our home in Hackberry Creek, parked the U-Haul trailer. It was, on, it was on a Friday afternoon. So we didn't really start the moving process into our new house until the following Monday because, you know, Saturday, Sunday, I have to work, you know, so. <laughs> that trash sat out there in the boiling sun <laughs> in that U-Haul trailer for, for, for days. So we get up bright and early on Monday. Lisa's so excited to move into the new house. So am I. And I go to unlock the U-Haul trailer. <laughs> I'm talking about the, 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 the smell singed the nostril hairs. It like blew you back. I thought, is there a dead body in there or something? <laughs> Trash stinks, doesn't it? It has an odor. It's, it's rotten. I read this past week that Americans produce 4.3 pounds of trash a day. Think about that, a day. And if you live healthy, if you eat you know, gluten-free and organic and, I don't know, paleo or whatever, if you do all that, you will produce, are you ready for this? Over 117,000 pounds of trash. I'm talking about you. You. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're trashy, man. Yeah. And that's some serious trash talk, is it not? So we hung out in the house in Irving, really loved it. There's no place like Irving, you know. All roads lead to Irving. It's amazing how many people I meet. Oh yeah, I started in Irving, or I'm from Irving. Lee Harvey Oswald, Irving. Jack Ruby, Irving, you know. The Dallas Cowboys used to be in Irving. Man, I wish the Cowboys hadn't moved all the way out there. I mean, that's great. I love Arlington, but come on. What happened to Dallas and Irving? Where there is no vision, the Bible says the people perish. Anyway. (laughs) 
The Bible also says be fruitful and multiply. So Lisa and I began to multiply. We had three more children. We had the twins in Irving, brought them home and, and, and all of that. So when you have twins, and especially when you have three kids in diapers under three years of age, when you have that, you're gonna produce a lot of trash. I mean, a bunch of trash. Now, the houses were pretty tight where we, where we were on our street, so I could like reach out and touch the fence of my neighbor. Well, many times at night, you know, I would put it off, you know, procrastinate, guys, as far as taking out the trash. One evening, though, I'll never forget it, I was taking out the trash, and we had all of this trash. I mean, it was, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, I'm dragging the trash on the side yard to the street. Our next door neighbors, great people, had this massive privacy fence, and they had two gargantuan Rottweilers. And there was about a six inch space underneath the fence. So I'm just like dragging the trash at night. All of a sudden, it felt like my arm was being jerked out of socket. The dogs had grabbed the trash. They were pulling our trash underneath the fence. And I just let them have one bag. I just said, take it. So I took the trash out to the curb. Well, most of it. Put it out. And then I was like, wow. So it, it became like a, you have to be quick to evade those Rottweilers. Could it be in this crowd that some of you have trash in your life? Could it be that you, my friend, have some, some, some garbage, maybe some character trash, some stuff that's, that's stinking up your life? I'm talking about pride. I'm talking about envy, I'm talking about anger, I'm talking about lust, I'm talking about gluttony, I'm talking about greed, I'm talking about slothfulness. Just trash, man. Trash, it's not pretty, it's, it's, it's ugly. You know, we, we just generate character trash because we have this sin nature, the Bible says, this, this fallen infallible condition. We got it from the origin of our family of origin, Adam and Eve, and now, of course, we have grown up in a very dysfunctional place, and a dysfunctional planet, and, and, and we all produce trash. But could it be that some of us are living in our own garbage dump? Could it be that we're rotting with rebellion? that we're just littering with lust and just piling up all of this trash of, of pride. The Bible says, and let's, let's, let's read this together, all of our campuses, whether you're in Miami, Northport, Dallas, Fort Worth, South Lake, Keller, where else do we have them? Prosper, Alasso, wherever you are, online, just, I mean, even if you're online, if you're watching it, and maybe your husband's in the other room, just read this out loud, he'll go, what are you doing? One, two, three. A wise, let's just do it again. Okay, let's do it again. One, two, three. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Garbage in, garbage out. What are you feeding on? What am I feeding on? Very convicting 
questions. In this series, we've been saying to one another that we're riding this, this, this vehicle called denial. That's right, it spells denial. We changed the lettering. It was Denali, now it's denial. Denial is, is, a, is, is a serious thing because we learn denial, many of us, in our family of origin. Maybe you grew up in a divorce situation. Maybe you grew up in maybe an addiction situation. Maybe you grew up with abuse. You learned at a young age how to live in denial. And now that, that you're an adult child, we really know how to, to, to do the denial thing. Many of us have set our lives up around denial. Go back to the soils of the garden. Adam and Eve confronted with their trash. What? God, what are you saying? Denial, denial, denial. Denial is some powerful stuff. So we learn it as kids and then we build our lives around it as adults because we've looked at each other in this series and said, Children act like adults and adults act like children. So this, this, this heavy denial stuff doesn't really hit us until we're adults. Yet so often we never really look back at our lives individually. We never really look back and go, man, how did this divorce situation affect me? I've got trust issues. I've got abandonment issues. I've got issues with affection. I don't trust anyone, really. I don't think there's such thing as love. No wonder. I understand. I get it. Our world is in such turmoil. Maybe you grew up where your father or mother was an addict in some way, shape, or form, and you've reacted against that. The pendulum has swung so far the other way and it's caused a lot of resentment and anger in your life. Emotionally, you have this hair trigger temper. Boom! Emotionally, it's like when I unlock that, that U-Haul trailer door, boom! We just rage on people, man. We're all up in their grill, and we see it all the time. Freeway, in the boardroom, classroom, on the basketball court, on the football field. Yes. Then you have lust. Take a child who's grown up in a dysfunctional family where you have divorce or maybe addiction or maybe abuse. Many of them will be highly promiscuous, trading lust, trading in the highs of, of, of that sexual fantasy land and sexual conquest for what they deeply desire from God depth and love and intimacy. So I've said it. I mean, I'm in denial. You're in denial in certain areas. And the funny thing about denial is, and, and I've been in denial, and I'm sure I'm still in denial over certain areas of my life, but when you're in denial, you're in denial about being in denial. So if you think, I'm not in denial, well, you probably are in denial. And we said, we've been driving this, this, this SUV through life, and we've picked up a lot of baggage, and we talked about the importance of going through the baggage, going through the contents of our lives, of our, of our dysfunctional duffel bag. Then we said, <clears throat> we have to come to a point where we say, God, I can't change. 
I'm powerless to change. I don't have the sauce, the juice to change. But God, you're all about change. And you can only change me because of this exchange that took place. You took my trash, my debris on the cross, something I don't merit. You paid the price for it. And because of that, I can exchange my garbage for your grace, my, my mess for your mercy. So, so Jesus challenges us to get into the will, W-I-L-L, wheelbarrow. He challenges us to, to, to give our lives to him and our futures to him, and God has a great will for every single person. Then we said last time, just a quick review, that many of us are stuck on character stumps, and we talked about the importance of curling your toes over the bow of the boat, jumping in the water, the scary water, and finding those character stumps that, that, that are driving so much of this. Well, this next step, the trash step, is one of the most crucial. This is where we regularly need to take the trash out in our lives. Trash pickup, you know, at least once a week, right? I jumped online and I thought some of this was kind of humorous. This is uh, what, 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 what the city of Dallas says about sanitation services. You don't really think about it that much. I mean, I don't, but it happens regularly. They talk about garbage collection overview. And then they talk about placement. I mean, they're very, very specific. Definitely a bunch of lawyers came up with this about the placement of our trash bins. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I've messed up many, many times. So, so make sure to know your position. It's like in the Super Bowl this afternoon. I mean, those guys will know their position. And I think many of us, when it comes to, to taking the trash out, we're out of position, okay? So I don't know. I just... So it talks about the collection frequency, talks about how the city will give us these beautiful rolling bins, you know, you gotta love those. And here's, here's what I think is funny. Items not accepted. Have you, have you ever thought about that? I mean, I mean, there's certain items that aren't accepted, like it says do not place hot ashes, yard debris, concrete rocks, or lazy husbands in the trash, what? The trash bin. And then it says that we're responsible for keeping our trash bin and trash clean. I love that. We're responsible for that. But it is great, though, that we live in a nation, that we have a city that collects trash. But I want to ask you, are you taking out the trash? One day, Jesus, in John chapter 5, did something that was really, really unique. I mean, he was always out of the box. In John chapter five, he's walking through the streets of J-Town, Jerusalem, and we'll be there very, very soon. Don't miss the Israel trip next Thanksgiving. Next Thanksgiving, don't miss the Israel trip, and we're gonna see exactly where this took place, because I've been there before. He's walking through, and he sees this pool, kind of this giant jacuzzi thing, and there's these crippled people, physically challenged people lying around. And he comes up to one guy who's been crippled for 38 years, and he leans down. Now, now, now this is a weird question Jesus asked him. He goes, hey man, do you really want to get healed? Now think about that. I'm sure his disciples were like, what? 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 Rewind that. What? What? 
Jesus, do you ask this guy who's been crippled for 38 years, do you really want to get healed? Do you really want to change? Why do you think Jesus asked this guy that question? I'll tell you why, because there's a tendency in your life and mine to build our lives around our infirmity, to build our lives around our dysfunction. Maybe he liked the fact that he didn't have to get married. Maybe he liked the fact that he could just barely survive. Maybe he liked the fact that he could lie down by the jacuzzi every day. Maybe, who knows, maybe so. So I wanna turn there to ask you the same question. Do you really want to take out the trash? Do you really want to change? The first thing you have to say is, God, I can't change. I can't. Secondly, you're about change, God. Thirdly, I get in this wheelbarrow. You have a purpose and a plan for my life. And today, God, I regularly want to take out the trash. Philippians chapter three, verse eight. Let's read it together. Yes, let's read it together. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as what? Garbage, so that I could gain Christ. See, that's the beautiful exchange. If you wanna talk about recycling, here we give Jesus our trash. And man, I've got trash and you have trash. Four pounds of trash, 4.3 pounds of trash per day. But I've got a lot worse trash in my life than that, and so do you. Regularly, as a believer, I've gotta be specific about the trash I'm dealing with, because remember, we're gonna be prolific when we're specific. I don't just say, Lord, I mean, here's what I've said before, Lord, Wow, you know, I'm, I'm trashy, I have this trash. Forgive me of my trash, I turn for my trash, amen. I mean, that's a great prayer and all that. However, we've gotta be specific. So what I would challenge you to do is, okay, let's say anger is your issue, anger. And maybe you have like, okay, anger, gluttony, sloth, a lot of them, let's just start with anger. Maybe that's the main one, anger. Instead of saying, Lord, wow, I get angry, I'm sorry for that. Forgive me, God. Again, he will. But I want you to be specific when you deal with anger, like this. Father, today, I'm gonna to be in a meeting from 9 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. I'll have a tendency to rage, to be defensive, to be arbitrary, to one-up people, to be mean-spirited, to condescend, to just get angry. And over this little time period, God, give me your strength, I'll rely on it, I can't change, your power to push me through this. That is what I'm talking about, and that's what the Bible is dealing with. The Bible says don't start off in many different directions. Focus, you'll be prolific when you're specific. Take out the trash. What's your issue? All right, Lord, I'm gonna be around some people, and when I'm around these people, they cause my competitive nature to go nuts. They cause my envy engines to rev up, and when I'm around her, maybe you're a lady, and see the way she looks, the way she dresses, the kind of purse that she has, where she lives, whatever, 
I am, am tempted, God, I mean, to, to really get envious. So, during the time period I'm around her, and if someone causes you that much consternation, don't hang around them very much anyway, but that's a whole nother story. Give me the strength, God, to be content, to understand I'm unique, I'm beautiful, I'm one of a kind. That's, that's, that, that's that specific prayer. That's why Jesus said, hey, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. You've got enough stuff, Ed, you've got enough junk, enough trash, enough rubbish, enough debris for today to handle. I like to say sushi size your life. I love sushi. I bet I eat sushi, I don't know, a couple of times a week. Hopefully I don't have a tapeworm. I saw it the other day, this is really gross. They pulled a five foot long tapeworm out of a gentleman in California who ate sushi every day. Don't Google it, it'll make you. <laughs> I have a doctor friend of mine. He uh, took a tapeworm out of someone, and I promise you, this is really gross. If you're squeamish, just cover your ears. He was just giving this guy a physical, he had some stomach pain, and, and, and uh, he, said, he said, okay, open your mouth, stick out your tongue. And when the guy stuck his tongue out, he saw the little head of the, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I'm at church. If you don't believe me, ask Dr. Randy Perkins, he told me. Those are his initials, Dr. Randall Perkins, leading edge medicine. He's the titan of tapewormology. If you have a tapeworm, go to Dr. Perkins. I mean, he said it was massive. Anyway, wow. Yeah, sushi-size your life. Be specific on those issues. So some of us, this is weird, we, we like to live in a trash dump because we've lived there so long. It's kind of become part of who we are. You know what I'm saying? Part of our identity. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just that way. So we've lived there for a long time and they've become part of our identity. I'm just, a, I'm just a lustful person. I mean, I like the lust and I just, you know, drop those suggestive hints and log on to that. And, and I'm just, I'd go to that gentleman's club, which is, that's funny. And, and I, I, gentleman's club, isn't that funny? So, so gentlemen who turn women into objects to be used for their sexual hit, and they call it a gentleman's club? Ah, uh, doesn't, doesn't quite compute. And then also, too, uh, every defect has a payoff. I mean, pride has a payoff for me. You know, when, I, when I'm prideful, I'm like, whoa, I'm the man, you're not. I'm here, you're not. And so much of social media is that. And we have to realize so much of social media is not even real. So many of the bots fuel all of the crapla and the junk that's on there. So much of it's not real. So many of the posts aren't real, I hope you know that. I mean, you do know that, but do you really know that? So see, what I'm driving at is, is not the effect of the trash, I'm driving at the cause. You know, we're great at the effect. Oh, the trash stinks and it piles up. And I wanna get you to think about the cause of it. The cause, 
those seven ugly sins. Pride, envy, anger, lust, gluttony, greed, and slothfulness. One time I was on a talk show, hashtag humbled. No, but I, I thought about this on my way to church. And, and I, I'm on this talk show about this book I wrote called Fatal Distractions. It's out of print, but I'm gonna redo it. It's about the seven deadly sins. So I'm sitting there and you know, they're asking me questions about the book. It's my first book, I did it years ago, and I'm talking about, you know. And here's what the host asked me. I wanted to punch him. <laughs> Name me the seven deadly sins, like that. I mean, put me on the spot, I mean, that, that's brutal, isn't it? I mean, it's not easy. The camera's rolling, and this was like, you know, a pretty big show. Oh, name the seven deadly sins. I'm serious, I, again, anger. In my, do you ever have these fantasy conversations with people? You, this guy's a, you little, and I was like scrambling. I'm like, uh, pride, yes. Uh, envy, good. Anger. Lust, you got a few more. Gluttony, greed, and slothfulness. You got it! And the fake laughter. And there was a little studio audience there, but they you know, cranked up the laughter. And then the applause. I was thinking about that today, coming here. I'm still mad about that. I've got an anger problem. That was terrible, wasn't it? But can you recite the seven deadly sins? Which one sticks out? Which one, boom. You've had them for a long time. They're part of your identity. It's just, well, I am. I'm just a greedy person. I mean, I'm just competitive. I just I gotta have more. And hey, it's great to have ambition. That's fine. Jesus doesn't want us to sit there and go, well, I have no ambition. But greed is when we take it to an H&L, a whole nother level. It's when that drives us, we become selfish. It's the me monster and the more monster, and it's mine. That's when greed takes over. Every defect, I'll say it again, has a payoff. Pride does. Again, I told you earlier, I feel good when I'm prideful. I mean, I feel good. I've spoken before at, at uh, conferences full of pastors, and I've thrown out numbers. And why, I, I thought, Ed, why did you say how big Fellowship Church was? Well, to elevate me. I've done that before. I didn't have to. And everybody there was like, wow. But most felt like, dang, I'm not doing anything for God. Do I need to throw out numbers? No. Do I need to tell, no. I've done that before. And it felt good, really. Our church is bigger than every church here. That's what I'm thinking. Whoa, man. Pride. Feels good, though, a little bit. Come on now. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Don't be lying. <laughs> How about lust? Feels good. Boom, went sexual hit. Boom. Wow. I'm married, but look at her. Look at him. And play around and talk a little bit and go here and go there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just great. And go online and see the millions and millions of images that 
no one could compete with, no spouse anywhere in the world. We objectify people and we use people and look at people like animals and we've animalized humans and humanized animals. The hypocrisy of it all. It's almost as if, it's almost as hypocritical as the Grammys. Did you see those? It's got to be the height of hypocrisy. Hopefully you saw it because, you know, here you have these women. Now, now Hollywood is all about morals. <laughs> Yet they're the ones that have thrown filth and trash at us for decades and decades and decades. And now, and I'm, I'm all about this, but I mean, now they're, they're the moral police. So then you have these, these ladies and others talking about the morality and, you know, about boundaries. And then the next act, you have people grabbing their crotch talking about bitches and hoes. You wanna talk about hypocrisy? Are you kidding me? You got the media? They're always talking about accountability. They have zero, none. When they talk to you, talk to me or someone else, they wanna know all this stuff, they take it out of context, but when you ask them about their lives, when you ask them about their adultery, their divorce, their anger, their envy. Oh, no, 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 that's not relevant. Hypocrisy, is it just me? So see, we're all hypocrites. I'm a hypocrite, you're a hypocrite. Because I've always said I wanna do this, but I've done the other. Yet, when we get specific about this trash, I'm telling you, friends, that's when, that's when freedom happens. Because the thing that's keeping you and me from the freedom that God wants is this trash. So what I implore you to do is think about your life five years from now. Think about your life 10 years from now. Okay, if you don't deal with this trash, if I don't deal with this trash regularly and strategically, where, where's my life gonna be in five years? If I, if I keep this lust unchecked, where's my marriage gonna be? Where, where, where are my kids gonna be? If I continue to, to concentrate on gluttony, which is an obsession with food or an obsession of not enough food, worshiping your body, worshiping food, worshiping GMO, worshiping organic eating, worshiping clean eating. We have so many people, especially women, who struggle with eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia. Where are you gonna be if you continue to live in gluttony? How about slothfulness? The sloth says, oh yeah, yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, tomorrow. How about now? Oh no, 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 I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chill. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to relax. So interesting. So here's some homework. Are you ready for some homework? I know this is kind of negative. I know you're like, oh my gosh. It's positive though, because Jesus is in the recycling business. He can take all of this trash and recycle it. Okay, here's the review, because I've gone through a lot of points. Number one, tackle each character defect or each piece of trash one at a time. Have you ever lost something in the trash? I have. Cell phone recently, you and I did, <laughs> went through the trash. It's gross. I just, I just, uh. Number two, focus on one victory at a time. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. How many cheerleaders do we have here? And your cheerleader, former cheerleaders. Oh, I know, okay, yeah, then you're afraid. Because you know, if you think about it too much, you'll go, bum, 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 no, no. 
I used to like that, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Focus on victories, celebrate wins. Give yourselves a round of applause. I made it through the business meeting without raging on somebody. I was around that girl and she was showing off all of her bling and uh, her figure and I made it through without being envious. That's what I'm talking about. I had a Whataburger and I loved it. Come on somebody. Isn't that hilarious? I had I had a checkup. A couple days ago with my cardiologist, and of course, he said, I'm doing great. You know, I had heart surgery a while back, and it's a whole nother subject. He said, man, you're doing great. He said, um, tell me about your eating. And I said, you know, we eat probably 85% clean. The other time, you know, we eat whatever we want. So it's in moderation, man. Don't, don't lose your mind over this, this I've got to have an eight pack. I've got to have, you know, 8.3% body fat. I mean, great for you if you have those genetics. I mean, everyone doesn't have an eight pack like me, but you <laughs> need to have balance. So focus on one victory at a time. Also rely on God's power, on God's power, not your willpower. We've been going back to this verse over and over. Philippians 2.13, let's read it together. One, two, three. For it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. So my willpower, yeah, a few things I can do, okay, but what we're talking about here, trash? Only God can do it. Associate with people, this is another thing I've jotted down, who will help you, not hinder you. Associate with people who will help you, not hinder you. You do not want to hang around with people too much who cause you to, to get trashy. And that's why the Bible says is iron sharpens iron. So one man or woman sharpens another. Right. When I interviewed therapists, when I read these papers, when, 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 I, when I talked to people in small groups, even physicians, here's what they said. When it comes to dealing with the trash, the defects in our lives, the sin, it always is better in community. That's why. That's why I'm so excited. I talked to several people this week. I'm involved in a small group. I went to that seminar. I'm in going to, to, to table talk. Awesome. You meet the best people doing that. Pursue progress, the last thing, and not perfection. The Bible says again in Philippians, God who began a good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished. So God, will, God will see you through. So we're not gonna be perfect, but our God is perfect, and God is taking care of our trash. So remember, let me, let me, let me go back to my, to, my, to my story. You remember, I had all this trash, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm dragging it at night and these Rottweilers grab it, and again, I gave them one of the trash bags, walk out into the street, you know, and I'm piling the trash up and everything, and you know, 
pushing it around. You know, okay. Positioned it correctly. Then I walked inside. The next day, I heard the rumbling. Of the garbage truck. And I looked outside the window. And the garbage truck stopped. And then it went in reverse. Because we had so much trash. And I looked. And to my amazement, on the side of the truck, it said this. Father and son sanitation services taking care of trash in people's lives for 2,000 years. And I looked and the person driving it was Jesus. And the guy on the back of the truck was Simon Peter. So Jesus nodded to Simon Peter. Simon Peter opened up the bin and dumped all the trash in the truck. Jesus looked at me, winked, and <laughs> Jesus has taken care of our trash. I'll say it again. Our Savior is in the sanitation business. He died on the cross for our sin, for our garbage, for our rubbish, for our rot, and rose again. And he's saying, give me your trash. I'll recycle it and change your life. Life change here is happening. I want you to meet a man whose life was trashed out until he met our Savior who is in the sanitation business. As a teenager, I started using cocaine and marijuana, and very quickly, I became a drug dealer. I met my wife when I was a drug dealer. It became part of our world. In 1999, I heard a knock at the door. It was the drug enforcement agency sitting at my door, and they searched the house, and then they told me that this was my warning from them. They didn't want to have to come back. So I just, you know, tried to live right and stay out of trouble for a while, and it lasted weeks, and that's about it. I had done drugs too, and I drank too. What I couldn't understand is why I could stop, and he wouldn't. I wake up one morning, been up for days, my breathing's off, I'm short of breath. Next thing I know, I'm in an ambulance. So I find out that, you know, my drug addiction had collapsed my left lung. I have a full operation um, to blow my lung back up, three chest tubes hanging out of my side. 
they told me that I almost lost my life. I called my wife to pick me up because they're going to release me finally. And the first thing I tell her is, can we stop and buy some meth? I still had the tubes hanging out, and I'm smoking meth. And there's an issue. You know, I got a problem. A month later, I continue to smoke. I wake up that morning, and I fight with my wife over the bills. She tells me she wants a divorce. She wants me to go. And I couldn't believe it. Finally, I just, I just had enough. I was done with God. I was done with Him. I was done with life. I was just done. So I had lost both my cars, my motorcycle, and I'm walking my daughter to school. It started to rain. She turns to me, she goes, I'll see you after school, Daddy, I love you. And I will never forget her trotting off because it was raining, and I just looked at her and I was like, she's walking in the rain right now because of me. I remember every second of that day. I remember him walking me to school. I remember crying that day because they were arguing in the morning. I could see that it changed him that day. Even if he didn't talk to me, I could see that it changed him. And I finished my walk to work in tears. I'm sitting in my desk, I'm sitting in my office thinking, how, how can I not have a car? I make more than enough money to provide. I said, I gotta go to rehab, I got a drug problem. I went home and picked up my clothes and went to the rehab and checked in. I tell you what, man, life began to get better immediately. I started meeting these people in there, and I'm dealing with these counselors. I'm checking out of this rehab finally after 30 days, and I'm, I feel good. And I meet this guy named John. I met Lewis while I was an inpatient at Valley Hope a Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center in Grapevine. He and I started to talk and, and became friends. And uh, one day I had asked him, I think I, I've got a church that you might like, and it was Fellowship Church. I knew Lewis would like and enjoy the, the music and, and the services by Ed Young. When we began to come to this church, we were here and um, sitting in the crowd, and I remember Pastor Ed was talking about accepting Jesus into your heart, and I haven't done that part. Jesus is right there with his arms outstretched. Just take his hand. Lord, you know what I've been involved in. And Jesus knows it and he loves you and he's waiting for you to take his hand. Won't you grasp his hand? And I remember praying with him right there in the seat. We did it, we accepted him into our heart. I asked him to take my old heart away and just give me a new one. The next step was baptism. And I just remember being so excited, we're, we're gonna do this. I don't know what would have happened without Fellowship Church and Jesus. It was like God knew what was going to catch us. It was his gift for you. Your hope. I'm coming up on April 8th. I'll be four years clean. Every Sunday, I go to the rehab and I pick up residents. As many will fit in our van. The more people we're bringing, the better. It's an amazing feeling to sit behind an entire row of people that you've brought here, and you're just praying, and you're hoping that they get what you've gotten out of this place. I decided, you know, my life's back together, and I have one thing left to do, and it's to take care of my history with the courts. 
I'm going to get letters from fellowship. I'm going to get letters from my job. All the people that have seen me change my life, and I'm going to court. Okay, so we're here in front of the Grapevine Courthouse. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Um, there could be a possibility I'm not coming back out after this one. Please do me a favor and tell the kids that I love them. Tell my daughter that I love her. And whatever happens, happens here today. And uh, I'm just ready to get this over with and get this baggage off of me. Don't be scared, baby. God's got us. No, no. And whatever happens, I'm very proud of you. I love you. I love you, too. My name is first on the list, and he calls me up. And uh, he holds up, when I walk up to him, he holds up this piece of paper. And he's just looking at it, and he looks at me, and he looks at it. And he goes, my God. What was going through my mind was, I'm going to be in jail for a while. He said, you want to explain yourself? I said, well, bottom line is, I was a meth addict four years ago. And I had these letters. He starts reading through these things. He said, we haven't had any success stories come through here in quite a while. i tell you what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna do something that I haven't done in quite a while. And it had come down to that second where my, my life was in somebody else's hands for a minute. He said, I'm gonna clear your record. I'm gonna have the state of Texas keep you back here life today. Do nothing but cry and thank Jesus. I've seen a radical change in my husband. That is a wonderful thing. It's a miracle that he is what he is now. So lucky to have him as a dad. I've seen Jesus work in my life. I've seen his moves, what he does, and he can do it. Just give him an opportunity. There's so many Lewises out there. And I want to give you an opportunity, the same opportunity that I gave Lewis years ago. I don't care what kind of trash you have in your life, where you are, I want to include you in this prayer, this prayer of change. Would you pray with me? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed, here and in our different environments. If you want to experience the freedom, the joy, the forgiveness, the change that I've been talking about, that Lewis talked about, just say these words with me. Just say, God, I believe that you love me. And I believe to the best of my ability that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my trash, for my sin and he's taken that trash and driven it away Jesus I tell you the truth about my condition I turn from that and turn to you I ask you just say that I ask you Jesus to come into my life I can't change but you're about change and your change only happens because of the exchange, my garbage, for your grace, and I receive it right now. Jesus, your arms are outstretched, waiting to take everything, even the trash. Grasp his hand. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being in the sanitation business. We ask these things in Jesus' name.